0: All right, I just finished drafting a 20-round fantasy team. It's a super flex draft, and we're going to go pick by pick. We're going to look at the entire big board. We're going to look at the spread, see what we like, see what we hate, all the things that I messed up and what I would do differently if I were to be able to redraft. And hopefully y'all can pick up some of the terrible things that go through my mind and make sure that you don't make these terrible mistakes. And as always, we are drafting on underdog because they have the most accurate ADP. This will be the most realistic type of draft you're going to have because everybody buys into the draft. If you guys want to draft against me, me you can literally compete against me if you want to in season-long drafts every draft is a minimum three dollars to enter if you win the league you win money if you get anywhere within the top three places you win money so this is real drafts you don't have to make any waiver wire or sit start decisions or trades or anything like that you just draft a big ass team Whoever is the best drafter wins the league. Come draft with me on Underdog. Use promo code BDGE if it's your first time depositing on there. BDGE, it'll get you a 100% deposit match. It'll double whatever you put down initially. Let us tuck our shirts in and jump into the... Y'all not used to seeing me with a belt. Supercharged up today. We're extra tucked. <laughs> Picking from the sixth spot. And the settings of this league are as follows. It is 20 rounds, half PPR, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one regular flex, one super flex, and the rest are bench spots. No kickers, no defense. Just straight, raw, pound for pound, who is the best draft. Now, we do a bunch of these each week on our channel, so make sure you subscribe. We do a lot of live streams. Sometimes we do the analysis after the draft. Sometimes we do it during the draft and hang out with you guys while we do the entire draft, which is like an hour or so long. So if you want to kick it with us while we do that, answer your questions live on stream, etc., etc., we do that sheesh, all right? So we're sitting there at the one oh six, and in these super flex formats, of course, you see the quarterbacks rip off the board like a damn lotto ticket. Mahomes, Allen Hurts, Burrow Fields, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, I gotta grab a QB because they're gonna go so quickly that I'm gonna be starting Kenny Pickett if I don't if I don't take one right now. So I took L Jacks at one oh six. Honestly. Would have been fine with Herbert, probably would have been okay with Trevor Lawrence, but I like the upside of of Lamar Jackson this year and the new offense and the new weapons added to him, Zay Flowers, OBJ, all that nonsense that you've heard a million times before. A lot of smart people think he's going to win MVP this year, or at least like the odds on sports books and think that's the best odds available. I'm not there. I understand he did it before, but those numbers that he did it in that year would not suffice in today's world with you know, Mahomes and Allen and Hurts and what they're doing. But regardless, at the 106, fine with Lamar Jackson as my first quarterback. Now, when we get into round two. As you could see, 10 of the first 12 picks were QBs. Actually, 11 of the first 13 picks were quarterbacks. And since underdog is best ball, right? Like I told you before, you don't actually make sit-start decisions. It it just starts the best player each week at that position. You need to have a solid amount of options at the QB position because you're going to be starting two of them each week. There are obviously bye weeks. There are obviously injuries and busts and things like that that happen. So you got to load up at the position. Otherwise, you're going to be Fill those slots with fucking zeros and duds all year. So it's a little bit different than the way I would look at things in a redraft league, where redraft league, you could still hit the waiver wire. There might still be dudes at the end of the draft, right? Like you see, even into the 20th round, the Mariotas, the Daltons, the Kyle Trasks, the Mike Whites, the Colt McCoys are drafted in these style of drafts because you don't make any waiver wire moves. But in a real redraft league, I wouldn't put as much emphasis on a guy like there's no chance I would be taking Kirk Cousins over Eckler or Bijan Robinson in a normal redraft super flex league. Right. So this video, I'm going to try to break it down how I would see things from both best ball and underdog and redraft leagues. Like if you're playing with your friends, family, college buddies, whatever the fuck. You- so Kirk wouldn't be my priority here in a normal redraft league because you would have the option, you know, if, you know, God forbid, Kenny Pickett ended up as your QB2 in a super flex league, there are. There's a good chance you would be able to grab, you know, Colt McCoy off the waiver wire the first four weeks of the season if Kyler is hurt or something like that. So the options become larger. The options become more voluminous. So you don't have to be as focused and zoned in on QBs. But I took Kirk Cousins here. Not only because I feel like Kirk Cousins is a safe bet, but I actually think Kirk Cousins has a ton of sneaky upside this year. I love what the Minnesota offense can be this year. One, their defense is not great. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Two, they are geared to throw the ball a fuck ton because Dalvin Cook is gone. They are not going to be leaning on the run game whatsoever this year. I don't care how you feel about Madison. It's incorrect. They have Justin Jefferson. They have TJ Hawkinson. They now have Jordan Addison, which moves KJ Osborne to the third wide receiver spot. They have a really, really, really high-flying, high-volume passing offense. And Kirk Cousins is coming off his fourth straight year in which his pass attempts have increased. So Kirk Cousins is like my favorite QB2 in fantasy this year that I think will probably finish as like the QB8, 9, 10. Uh, by year's end. So this is not just a safety pick where I'm like, "Ah, I got to get my second quarterback. I'm actually overly excited to grab Kirk Cousins here. If he wasn't there, I probably would not have taken it. I will also say, obviously, if Cooper Cup or Travis Kelsey had fallen to me there, I would have taken those guys over Kirk. The other thing about these two quarterbacks in particular, as it relates to stacking, I always try to stack in best ball and in redraft leagues too. Even in the leagues I'm playing with like my home friends and shit, I do try to stack quarterbacks with one of their pass catching weapons. It tends to be pretty juicy when you're playing in your redraft league. So I know that with Lamar Jackson, Baltimore, especially in a super flex league where uh, the skill positions get pushed down, I knew I'd have a chance to draft maybe Mark Andrews, but I would definitely have a chance to draft Zay Flowers or Rashad Bateman or Kirk Cousins Justin Jefferson's obviously off the board, but you can grab a TJ Hawkinson. You can grab a Jordan Addison later. Like these are the things I'm trying to think about when I'm grabbing my QBs. Whereas, you know, had I gone with Daniel Jones over Kirk Cousins, sure, I can stack with Waller, but I'm not like overly excited about anybody else on the team. And I know personally, I'm not like really in on Waller. I don't really take my personal subjective takes too much into account when I'm looking at best ball because I kind of think of it as more of a portfolio because these underdog drafts are only three dollars each to enter and you don't have to actually manage a team it's really fucking easy to just draft 100 teams which is what I do and which is why I suggest you get onto the platform and use promo code bdge when you do so to double whatever you put down onto your account but I look at it again as a portfolio right so I'm drafting a bunch of teams I know I'm gonna be wrong about some players so I do want to diversify that being said though behind Darren Waller like sure we'll grab a Paris Campbell or an Isaiah Hodgins or one of those dudes but I think realistically, you can get good options in the Minnesota or Baltimore offense for a pretty cheap price. So that's the way I'm kind of thinking about quarterbacks when it comes to here. Now, my next two picks felt really easy. Jonathan Taylor at the 3-6, Ramondre Stevenson at the 4-7. Like, this to me, I understand that people are fading running backs this year, and the wide receivers are going early and often, and they feel safer with it. This format in particular, like, if you're only starting two wide receivers, you should not be drafting them in the same capacity as the normal, like, three wide receiver starts. You lose a little bit of value, and this is half PPR, not full PPR. The value has dropped so far. Like, I think Ramondre Stevenson at the 4-7. Any other year prior to this year, based on what he did last year, right? 1,500 yards from scrimmage, caught like 70 passes, whatever. Ramondre Stevenson would probably be a turn first round pick, right? Not in super flex leagues, but in a one quarterback league, consistently going in the third round of these underdog drafts and just regular drafts that I've seen on most sites, he normally would have been somewhere in like the 112 to 2-1. People talk themselves into the upside of running backs and Ramondre absolutely has it. Now, I don't typically fade wide receivers in these drafts, but I just like how the board felt. So JT at 3-6 was pretty sexy to me. Ramondre at the 4-7 was also really sexy to me. And even if Mark Andrews had fallen to me at the 4-7, I still would have taken Ramondre, right? You could have stacked Mark Andrews with Lamar Jackson, but knowing that TJ Hawkinson goes a full round later, I asked myself, would you rather have Ramondre Stevenson and TJ Hawkinson or Mark Andrews and Travis Etienne? And to me, that answer is, is pretty fucking easy. So I feel like I hit that right on the head. Now, the one thing I will say when I look back at the draft, depending on how you feel about these players, I don't see a huge difference between Kirk Cousins and Matt Stafford statistically like obviously Kirk Cousins feel safer obviously I think Kirk Cousins is going to end up being a better QB this year for fantasy but if all else equal you know Kirk Cousins might finish with 4,600 passing yards and 30 touchdowns and Stafford might finish with 4,400 passing yards and I don't know 27 touchdowns I don't think the statistical difference was probably worth two rounds so here you know, looking back on it, could I have gotten like an Eckler or Bijan, or you know, my first wide receiver like an AJ Brown, and then Stafford, or like, would you rather have Kirk and Ramondre or Stafford and Bijan Robinson or Stafford and AJ Brown? That's kind of up to, you. and that's that's the way I look at it when I make. Uh, mistakes where I make picks in fantasy drafts, I kind of look back and like learn from my mistakes doing enough of these like, Hey, what's the drop off between Kirk and Jared Goff? What's the drop off between Kirk and Matt Stafford? And then I figure out where they're going in drafts. And then I kind of reanalyze who I could have picked differently for the next time I do a draft like this. And this is all this is called the Chihuahua, but make it super flex draft on there, by the way, if anyone's looking for it. I'm not sure if I could find it on the mobile app, but it's definitely on the da- Anyways, we got to the fifth round and I don't have a wide receiver yet, but again, I wanted to stack one of these tight ends. Um, so I grabbed TJ Hawkinson to stack with Kirk Cousins. Another reason why I like that QB stack because it makes it really, really easy. And then we get to the sixth round and I'm like, of course, I need to grab a wide receiver. I need to grab at least one here. I felt pretty fucking good about getting Watson down here, right? He's going really, really early in one quarterback drafts. So like I've seen him at the end of the third round. Typically he's going off somewhere between like the 4-1 and the 4-5. So even in a super flex to get him down here at 6-7 felt, felt really, 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 really good. So he's my wide receiver one. And then we get to the, the seventh round and you might be asking like, why would you take a quarterback again over a wide receiver? Now, again, this is another one where looking back on it, like maybe I think about, seeing if Ryan Tannehill falls to me the next round. He didn't, right? So I feel feel good about taking a QB there. But again, you need at least three quarter. You need at least three startings, three usable quarterbacks in a super flex, especially in a best ball where you can't actually make pickups. Desmond Ritter is a starter there. They've put like complete faith behind him. So I'm confident he's going to start at least like 12 games this year, probably the full season. They're going to you know see what he has there. But you can even take a Ritter here in the seventh, eighth round and then grab Taylor Heineke in the 18th, 19th, 20th round and feel fine about it. Because now you've locked up the prestigious Atlanta quarterback fantasy spot. So I took my third quarterback because I just wanted to get that position done with and not have to worry about it at the end of the draft. And then we went into the rest of the skill players. Now, at the 8-7, Jordan Addison there. Did I probably maybe reach a little bit to make that stack happen? Yeah, possibly. But listen— if for some reason I think the majority, in, in, listen. Th- this this draft in itself is a tournament, right? So, uh, so underdog does a lot of tournaments where you're basically competing against you know fifty thousand other people in this tournament. So you need to have some sort of a unique lineup. How unique is thinking Justin Jefferson is going to be good? The, 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 it's the least unique thing I've of, of all time. How many lineups are kind of the contrary to that, or a contradiction to Justin Jefferson? What if Justin Jefferson gets hurt? Who are the biggest beneficiaries of that it is TJ Hawkinson and it is Jordan Addison so I built a lineup that I think is unique especially based on the fact that I need help at wide receiver here and we need to hit some upside cases so I took Jordan Addison would I in a redraft league probably take either of these Seattle wide receivers D hop Mike Evans over Jordan Addison most likely but this was the way I was building my team here And I like Jordan Addison. I think he's a fucking great playmaker anyway. So we took Jordan Addison as our two, and then we got Traylon Burks the next round as our three, which I was really fucking excited about and hoping that this guy did not snipe me. He did not. He ended up going with Cooks, which made me really, really excited. Um, I wish Mike Evans fell to me there at 9-6. That would have been sexy as hell, but I will gladly take Traylon Burks here as my wide receiver three on a team that I faded wide receivers for. I've talked... uh, Actually, wait, you guys probably have not seen this video yet, but tomorrow's video is basically... The same video I made last week about must draft running backs in round seven or later. So if you if you start to draft teams and you realize that you faded the running back position, I basically made a video talking about like the five players that are best suited for teams if you kind of forgot to draft running backs early on. That video is up on the channel. I'll link it down below as well. Tomorrow's video on the channel is that same video, but the wide receiver version of it and Trelon Burke's sneak peek is in that. He's in it and he's looking ripe and sexy this year so make sure you subscribe to the channel if you want to watch that video tomorrow. Traylon Burks, it just I just don't see a world where he is not seeing 50 more targets than the next leading receiver on Tennessee. Every report out of camp is that he's playing at a different speed. He's just built different this year. Last year it just it was easy to see him busting based on all the negative reports coming out of camp like all summer long, asthma, ankle, all this shit he was dealing with. There there it was just very very um predictable to see a tough start of the season for Traylon Burks. This year, I am much more on board with this dude. He's going to see a 25% target share. There's nobody else there besides, you know, Chiggy, who's a second year tight end, Nick Westbrook-Akini, whatever. It's not there. So Traylon Burks, I feel like was a fantastic pick here. And that gives us three wide receivers. We got two running backs. Uh, We got our tight end. So now I'm kind of like free game here, especially because we don't have to start through wide receivers, we only have to start two. I feel better about dipping back into, like, whatever kind of skill positions I want. And Alvin Kamara here, I, I, I've i just found myself taking so much of him in, like, the 10th, uh, the 9th, the 10th round in these drafts because, I don't know, I just feel like we're not good at predicting legal shit. We never are in fantasy. And if Alvin Kamara is playing, he's going to RB2 at worst. And I'll take that in the 10th round. Obviously... It is low risk. But listen, if Alvin Kamara gets cleared for the season and they're like, oh, we're pushing his legal case back to fucking February or March, where do you think his ADP is going to go? He's going to be a fifth, fourth round pick like at worst. So I will continue scooping him up here. And then even if he gets like a four game suspension or a six game suspension, how much lower is he going to get drafted? Like, I I don't see him really falling lower than like the 12th round anyway. So I'll continue to scoop him up here, which I think is a great fucking value as uh, my RB Three. And then the next round, Samaj p Ryan. he was another guy that I talked about in that video. Uh, I think with Javante Williams coming back from the injury, Samaja Piran is going to be super, super involved for the first like eight weeks of the season. And he showed last year that he's a pretty good running back on all three downs. So I was excited about that. Um, now, at 139. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I, I was almost kind of excited about being able to get Odell at the next pick. Nothing I ever want to say again on my channel, but I told you, in best ball, we diversify the portfolio. None of that shit matters. So I took Kincaid, who y'all know I'm absolutely in love with. I don't care that he's a rookie. I don't care that Dawson Knox is there. I don't care about nothing. All I care about is Dalton. All I care about is Kincaid. We care about Kincaid. Kincaid's life matters, and his life will be on my fantasy. So I took Kincaid as my tight end, too. And then we just ripped off wide receivers. Now I will say this is kind of like a sexy spot for running backs. If you don't have any production at the running back position, getting Jamal Williams, Jalen Warren, Damian Harris, Rashad, like all these guys, this entire 12th round is like kind of a nice spot for running backs. And you look at the wide receivers and they're kind of shit. So had I faded running backs and been able to get Jarek McKinnon down here in the 13th round, Khalil Herbert in the 12th round, just wasn't the way that I built my team up to this point. So just keep those things conscious, like start to understand where the pockets of value are and, It feels like early on, you know, you obviously need to go with quarterback. But once you get into like the third, fourth round, running backs are really juicy, whereas the top wide receivers are off the board. Uh, The middle rounds, you kind of get back to the wide receiver range. Once you get to like Madison and and these guys, I feel like the running backs are a little bit more risky. I still like a lot of these guys down here. But um, you start to see like pockets of, of where the positions get valuable and where you're comparing fucking Tyler Boyd's to. Samaja P. Rines or Brian Robinson's who was getting 20 plus carries last year over and over and over again you know so uh, I took Zay Jones I feel like he's obviously not a high upside guy now that Cal- Calvin Ridley's there but I've been taking a lot of Zay Jones he was it was just good for Jacksonville last year and he'll be the the third wide receiver there and probably get plenty of run I'd I'd imagine this is a high flying uh pass heavy offense where Zay Jones will still probably put up like 650-700 yards five touchdowns fine with me in the 13th round Rashid Shaheed, Alec Pierce, Donovan Peoples-Jones are all kind of uh, similar players where they're downfield playmakers. I just need kind of one of them to pop off, and we're looking pretty. I think all of them, I think all three of these guys can be the wide receiver, two in their respective offenses uh, with guys that like to throw the ball downfield. So Derek Carr throws it at a pretty damn high rate. He was throwing the ball downfield, I think, at like 14% of his throws last year, which was top 10 in the NFL. Rashid Shaheed is a fucking speedster. We have no idea what's going on with Michael Thomas still. Um, so I like Rashid Shaheed down here at the fourteenth. Alec Pierce is not a guy I'm like overly excited about, but I did read Matt Hartman's reception perception profile on him, and he was kind of he was kind of sexy. He was kind of spicy. He was a, a good separator last year. And if Anthony Richardson gets on the field for the entire season, he's gonna be taking a lot of shots downfield, and that is where Alec Pierce thrives. Donovan Peoples Jones had a quiet, really good season last year. Shout out to Jordan Reigns, winner of the goddamn uh, big Dog Bash last year, he's all in on DPJ. I don't really know why, but he's starting to convert me a little bit the more I look into him. And now he's tied with Deshaun Watson, who badly needs playmakers on this offense outside of Amari Cooper. On the outside, these are all guys that are really, really good for best ball because, again, you don't have to select the weeks that they start, but they will have big weeks where they make big plays downfield. Then we move on to Devonta. I, here's the other. I will actually say, um, if I, if I were you guys, I would start to stack up. Zeke Elliott shares I was really hoping he fell back to me after DPJ I think Zeke Elliott will end up being one of the best late round picks in best ball this year Zeke last year I, I get it like Zeke was not great last year but he's in my eyes he's far from washed he's not prime Zeke you know no one's fucking arguing that but for me Zeke is really really far from uh Leonard Fournette right like Leonard Fournette will one pick later to me they're not in the same category Leonard Fournette is, is fat and slow and out of shape, and he's washed. If he's not in an offense that's dumping the ball off to him 80 times, he's not doing a goddamn thing. Ezekiel Elliott, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if he resigns with Dallas. If he resigns with Dallas, he's probably going to score eight touchdowns this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Buffalo. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to a competing team that gives him a shitload of scoring opportunities, okay? Zeke, I think, will have stretches throughout this year where he's like a top, 18 top 15 rb type 2 uh for like 6 to 8 weeks of the season. I think Zeke will be like one of the most added waiver wire guys of the year if people are not drafting him. Uh I I think Zeke's got a little bit of juice left and he's going to be used in a capacity where like we're we'll going to end up going to like the fucking Patriots or be their goal line back or some shit like that. I I I would continue I would draft Zeke uh, heavily in the later rounds of drafts if he continues to fall this far down. Devontae Parker at the 17-6, he just got that contract renewal. If they don't end up signing DeAndre Hopkins, it seems like he's going to be a pretty pivotal part of their offense. And this might have been my favorite pick of the fucking You want to talk about not stacking anyone on Baltimore? You want to talk about fading Mark Andrews? You want to talk about not getting Zay Flowers or Sean Bateman or OBJ? I have been taking Isaiah Likely. You want to talk about the single best tournament pick, right? He's not a guy I'm going to be like targeting in a redraft leagues because he's clearly behind Mark Andrews. Something happens to Mark Andrews. Here's the thing: he is the the he is the best backup tight end in the NFL. He is the best for fantasy at least. He is the I have I if Mark Andrews goes down tomorrow for the year, Isaiah Likely will end up being drafted as like the tight end six or seven. You can't say that about any other tight end. Anywhere in the NFL. And that is a position that is used so heavily in Baltimore's offense. You got Tom Munkin coming in who used the tight end so heavily at Georgia. Uh, Likely, if he fills in for any time during Mark Andrews' season this year, Likely is going to be like a league-winning player or a tournament-winning player. And that is like a stack that probably no one really has. The Lamar Jackson-Isaiah Likely stack is my favorite for absolutely nothing, right? Like, guys are taking Khalil Shakir and Jalen Hyatt. Fucking... Izzy Abanakanda, Isaiah Likely is there for the take. Grab him as your tight end three in every super flex draft or every draft in general, please. And my last two round picks were Michael Wilson and Keontae Ingram. Now I will say these are good rounds to grab a third quarterback or a fourth quarterback if you haven't done so yet. I feel pretty good about my Lamar Kirk and Desmond Ritter stack. I say that, I say that, I don't know if I actually believe it, but I think a lot of the late round quarterbacks are actually worth dart throws because if you look at each of them individually, right? Like Colt McCoy, if Kyler misses time, he's probably the starting quarterback there for a period of time. Kyle Trask and Baker are in a shootout, right? They're in an actual battle. I think Baker is going to win, but there's a chance Kyle, There's a chance I'm wrong. and Kyle Trask wins, there's a chance that Baker gets benched after eight weeks of the season and they want to see what they got in Kyle Trask. Um, Andy Dalton, he ain't doing shit. But Marcus Mariota, if Jalen Hurts were to get hurt, Marcus Mariota is going to step in and be fine running that offense. Mike White with Tua and his concussion uh, you know, problems over there. There's a chance he gets on the field for a prolonged period of time as well. So I think all these guys are worth taking shots on at the end. I just really like Michael Wilson. I think he's like the only big body type of player. That's a really good separator that Arizona has on their offense. And they need that. I went back to back Arizona picks. That is fucking disgusting. I just realized that right now. Count Ingram. I don't know. I've just been fading James Conner for like nine straight years. So why stop now? Why stop now? And if he gets hurt or if something happens where he just deteriorates, Keontae Ingram is a 220-pound back with a three-down skill set that I think could fill in for what James Conner does in that offense. And maybe they just want to euthanize everything, send everybody that's under the age of 25 into the starting lineup and see what they have for the future. I could see that being Keontae Ingram. So that is my team. I uh, actually really like the way that this team turned out. It's, It's nice playing in these super flex drafts on underdog where you're not starting three wide receivers and the first 40 fucking wide receivers go off the board in the first five rounds. So I would absolutely recommend, even if you've never played in a super flex draft, this will get you prepped immediately for it. This is uh, a really, really fun draft to participate in. And uh, you guys could draft with us in the next one. Again, we draft with you guys a lot of the time. If you're in the Discord, which is free to join, the link down below will get you into the BDG Discord. If you got fantasy questions, we're always kind of chopping it up and, and bullshitting and talking in there. So join the Discord. That's where I drop the link to the underdog drafts that I do on here. So uh, subscribe to the channel, join the BDG Discord, and most importantly, go over to underdogfantasy.com or just click the link down below. It'll take you right to whatever app store you use. And you will um and you'll be able to use our code BDGE to double, to double, 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 double whatever you throw down up to a hundred dollars. You will have funny fucking money to use for the rest of the summer. I'll see you guys tomorrow on the wide receivers to draft after round seven. Love you. I'm out of here.